Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to Civil Radio 101.7 FM, serving the Fraser Valley, broadcasting from Abbotsford on the traditional unceded Stolo territories. Wow, I struggled to get through that intro today, boys. This is Bush League, live at five-ish. <laughs> this is Bush League after all. Kenny had to deal with the absolute no traffic going on out there to get there. So he's here. We're we're live. We're ready Let's to roll here. So we're going to have a shorter episode. Uh, I'm sure those seven listeners of ours are just absolutely... <laughs> <laughs> just devastated that they're going to lose 10 minutes of Bush League this month, <laughs> especially after we totally bailed on the last episode. This is Bush League after all, folks. <laughs> but yes, here we are. With, I think it's our first episode in five weeks. And, you know, I'm at least I'm dressed for success. I know it's not game night, but nobody else is wearing a jersey. I got my Kansas City Chiefs jersey on. You know, oh, I got to introduce. I got Sam Isaac and Kenny Greencorn, my co-hosts. Yo. Yep. For today's show, Sam will definitely be uh, getting down and dirty today and doing some more talking. But yeah, so I wore the Kansas City Chiefs jersey. What a game. You yeah. guys checked out the Super Bowl? Yeah, it was a beauty. I only paid attention to the first half, and then I saw we were losing, and then I didn't watch the rest of it. That first half was awful. I, I like I couldn't oh I couldn't take it. It was like cringe. But the ending though. Yeah, it all worked out well for us Chiefs fans out there, the most hated uh, fans in sports, I think, aside from maybe the the guys in Detroit there. Philly, Philly, Philly. Everybody hates Philly. So, <laughs> you know, at least we're not as hated as Philly. <laughs> but yeah, pretty bad. You know, I, it occurred to me today, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to wear today and how I wanted to prepare. You know, it take this right here, this takes time and forethought. <laughs> this doesn't just, you know, crawl out of bed and happen. This is like... This is like art, artist brush stuff here. <laughs> you're you're so, looking good there, Carl. But, but you know what's funny is um, I, I I looked in the mirror. I'm like, oh, I got to do my little touch-ups, you know, and everything like that. But I was like, nah, nobody's going to see me today. I'm just going to record an episode. We record the video now. Yeah. I'm like, that didn't even occur to me. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be on camera now. I'm like, I didn't even think of that. If I was out of the car, I'm like, oh, I should have done my tweezing and everything. You know? But all right. I still look pretty. Wow. That's <laughs> all you up there. That's right. But, Anyway, so we're rolling into it. We, uh, we're 10 minutes short, and I'm already spending 10 minutes just talking about my <laughs> appearance tonight. But, yeah, let's dive right in, all right? Yeah. Let's go right into the apologies segment. Any apologies we want to give out? Anybody? Can I personally apologize to Juleson for not believing in him? Yeah, you and I were talking before the broadcast about Juleson. You know, I've, I've, I've knew that the plan for Noah Juleson all along was exactly what's happening right now, but his hits have been awesome. And, I, you know, instead of an apology, I'm going to do a sorry, not sorry. I'm, I'm going to not apologize for not liking the Columbus Blue Jackets. Columbus Blue Jackets can go pound sand. I can't stand them, especially their goalie. That guy drives me crazy. Oh, man. Celebrating like they won the Stanley Cup when they beat us a couple weeks ago. Come on, man. Like, show a little class. Act like you've been there before. But yeah. <laughs> anyways. Elvis needs to leave the building. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's the thing. All right, let's dive into Vancouver. No apologies, right? Yeah, okay. No, no apologies. Good, man. Awesome. So diving into Vancouver, Patrick Calvin and Jim Rutherford both received contract extensions. No, notice how they timed up well with all the moves that are coming. It's <laughs> like they're like, well, we want to make sure that we're we're solidified before we make some of these moves because big moves, right? Yeah. Some big moves in there. You know, the Canucks doing great. We are well in control of this President's Trophy chase right yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, last I checked today, we now have a six-point lead in the President's Trophy race Goodness. over ahead of, ahead of Dallas, Florida, Boston, and New York. 
and a 12-point lead in the Pacific Division ahead of Vegas. 12 points. Yeah. Hey, you just listed those names. I didn't hear Winnipeg in there. No, what happened they're, to Winnipeg? They're dropping pretty quick, eh? They're seventh. You know, I don't Jeez. want to point out that the the top 10 rating I did before Christmas is pretty, is pretty much spot on right now. And <laughs> it was like, like almost like if you look at the top 10 list of the, the NHL, it's pretty much exactly what I called out. And everybody gave me grief about not including Winnipeg on my list. Yeah. I said they were breathing down the neck of the top 10. Yeah, yeah. But they're one of those teams that they were just, you know, one or two injuries away from not doing well. We, we were talking about maybe the are the Canucks that kind of team? Yeah. I don't think they are. I think they're pretty deep, but they might be, right? It just, you know, we're going to talk about the Abbotsford Club and how the players there are performing. But I really do think that the organization as a whole is organized right now for trying to create a system that is a development program for Vancouver, Mm -hmm. even though, you know, contrary to the initial uh, promise of the Talkit Pocket to deliver in both Abbotsford and Vancouver. I don't know that that's happening. I think that they're getting caught up in the Stanley Cup run, and, li- and rightfully so. Any Canucks fans, myself included, is thrilled with that. Right now, they're 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 spreading out the ice time in Abbotsford to make sure that you know players that could fill a role if an injury did happen are developing and getting time and getting hot. Right, so guys like Arsteep Baines, Linus Carlson, Aduratu, they're getting the time. Danilo Klimovic not getting as much ice time, even though he's really emerged as one of the best Abbotsford Canucks this season. Yeah. And I think that he's going to be playing in Vancouver in the next couple of years, but he won't be playing there this year. So the fact that he won't be playing there this year, it's obvious that his ice time is being cut as a result. They're preparing the team just in case they need to bring people up to the big club, but that's hurting us in the standings in the AHL off to a really slow start to 2024. Right. But yeah, so you know, back to the Vancouver club, we got to cover that first. Uh, We did pass the 200 goal mark last night. We're now at 203 goals, but we have the avalanche and the stars have both passed us. They're both at 205 now. So, you know, we're no longer leading league in goals for, even oh, though yeah. for a while yeah. there, we had a huge lead in that category. So, you know, we're still producing though, but we had some big road stands there that were tricky and some morning games and stuff like that. Like those are always tricky for a team out West. And we, you know, we have the toughest schedule in hockey every year, right? So we're always fighting that schedule in the doldrums this time of year. So the fact that we're just keep pulling wins out is incredible. The players. So we had six Canucks at the all-star game. That tied the record for the NHL. Anybody want to chime in on that while I'm trying to take a sip of water? <laughs> or you guys want to just leave me? Uh, no, no. Here? Listen, I, I thought I thought the the the, the All Star game was. I mean, listen, it's an All Star game, but it was a lot of fun watching all the Vancouver yeah. Canucks players in there. I thought that was that was a real treat. It was quite the spectacle this year. Sure was, and I think spectacle is the right word. You know, I still long for the old all-star games, East versus West, you know, international versus North America. Like, I just love the simplified format. But, you know, it's a weekend spectacle now, and I get it. I I get why they're doing that, and it's cool. But, I don't know. I kind of miss the old days. Yeah, I agree with you. But it was really cool to have six Canucks there. That was really impressive. Don't you remember the old days when, like, Ray Bork would go up for accuracy shooting, and it'd be like this big thing where you'd go four for four. Yeah. You yeah. Know, like it was actually, I don't know. I, I think it was really, really well done then, but I don't know. The jerseys are kind of hokey and there's a lot of oh, the yeah. jerseys, a the, lot the, of really hokey stuff in there with all the, the all, celebrity coaches. And I don't know. It just, it seems gimmicky to me, you know? 
Although I do want to get, I want to get a Pacific Division jersey, and I want to get all six of the names of the Canucks players oh, that, that played. Would, that would be and that, cool. that would be such a sick jersey to have. So I'm working on that. His so wife's supposed get to get on it. there too, hey, bud. Yeah, I I won't forget to put Taka. So that's technically seven Canucks, right? right? Even though one of them was technically a flame, right? But uh, you know, he's now a Canuck. <laughs> well, he's ours now. Hey, listen, last year we lost Horvat just before the All Star game. That's remember? true. And that's he true. Showed up, he showed up. In an Islanders jersey at the All Star game. Well, yeah. We can't forget about Kate Pedersen. She was there too. That's eight. What's Kate that? Pedersen. She's the on ice reporter. Oh, that's right too. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Oh man. Wow. Hey, eight. I'm not. I'm not putting her name on my jersey though. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, just put Pedersen and then. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> times two. Yeah. <laughs> the Kuzmenko trade. So, what did you guys think of that trade? You know what? When it first happened, I was. Kind of well, I don't know about you, but when it first came down, I saw I was like, "Oh, hey, Kuzmenko for for Lindholm." I'm like, "That's oh, not a bad deal." And then I think like two hours later, it was like Bristavich first round pick. I was like, "Whoa, yeah." Well, um, but when I really think about it, like it's going to be a late first rounder, anyways. So I don't, I'm yeah. not, I'm okay with that. The only real, the only real one that really got me was the the Bristavich because he just he's just lighting it up in a way. Yeah, but yeah. But I mean, it's not like he has that proven track record. So it's not like you can go back on all his history and say this guy's going to be a star. But man, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Lindholm, though, has looked really good. I mean, he got two goals last night against Detroit, got two goals in his opener, and he's just still getting familiar with the team. Plus, I think he's it's a smart 20... player. I think at 29 years old, I think there's an opportunity there to re-sign Lindholm. I think, I know we have so many free agency issues, but you know what? We're going to get to pick and choose which ones we want. And I think Lindholm is a proven asset out of the mix, right? I mean, you look at like Brock Besser, he's lighting it up as, you know, he's a great player and, and, you know... these are the kind of players that are not as proven, right? Because they have one big season. But Lindholm, we know he's going to be consistent. And he's one of those Swedes. The Swedes tend to uh, play well later into their career. So yeah. we could, you know, we could easily sign him to a big six year deal. I don't think he's going to be like a, an astronomical number, probably like a six, seven, maybe, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Right. And like if we get that, that deal, that, that sets us up well. And, you know, but on that note, I hate giving out first-round picks. Yeah, no, I agree. The value of a first-round pick in the modern NHL cannot be overstated. So think about it this way. When you have a first-round pick, you get a guy in, you know, with the fact that the, the smaller players can now, there's almost less risk with a, one, uh, with a first-round player. You're pretty, pretty consistently going to get a first-round player that's going to play in the NHL at some point in their career. And if not, they could even be a star, right? You look at what Vancouver's done with their draft picks in the past with like second round picks turning into stars. So, you know, you have that track record and it's like, if you bring in a first round pick and then they, you re-sign them after the entry level deal, you usually get them in like a three, four year deal. Like you, like they did with Queen Hughes, like they did with Elias Pedersen that are good, productive, mid-level contracts and then you know when that's done you have the option of looking okay are they worth the re-signing or do we trade them before they get to their big deals and then you're getting value out of it and then rinse and repeat rinse and repeat and that's you know when you lose those first round picks now you're you know you're pinching fabric a little bit on draft day you have to really come up big with those second third fourth round picks now yeah and the canucks are taking for granted that they've always drafted well in those rounds luckily but and that's a lot to do with their uh, Swedish contingent in terms of their their scouting in Sweden, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Well, you know what? The one thing I will say is Lindholm adds some really solid depth down the middle and gives you a lot of good options. Like, you know, he can free up Pedersen for the wing or Miller for the wing, or he can play wing. You know, he's, he's a lot better mm. at the net front. I didn't realize he was so good at the net front presence and he had good hand-eye coordination for tipping and stuff, but he's, he not only gives that flexibility to those first two lines and those star players, but also when you look at the depth now, you've got Pedersen, you've got Miller, you've got Lindholm, you've got Bluger, you've got Laffer, yeah, yeah. you've got P. Suter. Like, I mean... Joshua's even played center. Like, you know, you've yeah. got Nils Amon. Like, I mean, the amount of yeah. center depth you have, especially going through a playoff run, is just huge. Yeah. And, and we are going to lose some of those guys. They're not going to sign all those bottom six forwards. And that's that we can get into that later about the, the yeah. depth they're building in Abbotsford for that. But well, we, for this year's run, it's I think it's a good play. I think so too, for especially for this year's run. And long term, yeah. it might not be horrible. You know, it, the. We still got, we did have some net front presence with Kuzmenko. I mean, he had tipping skills that would make Cactus yeah, Club true. servers blush, right? Yeah, yeah. Like that guy could tip, like he was just, well, we nicknamed him just the tip, right? Just the tip Kuzmenko yeah, yeah. because he, he is so good. But I think that Lindholm actually has a better net front presence. He's not just a tip, tip guy. He can also pull his weight around, right? Like yeah. he can get the job done in front of the net. So I like that. Also, yeah. freeing up Kuzmenko's contract for next season. So valuable. Yeah, that's true. You know, you gain almost a million dollars, right? Yeah. Just there. But I mean, you got to sign yeah, Lindholm. Almost a million right? dollars, so. right? You still have to sign Lindholm, but yeah, it's, you know, Lindholm's, Lindholm's contract for next year is not going to be a 5.5 million. It's going to be a six it. or seven. No, right? and it's going to free up. I think more than anything, it frees up a little bit more cap space now as we head into the trade deadline, gives them some flexibility yeah. to make any moves they need to make or yeah. feel they need to make. I wasn't big on, I was, I was fine giving rid of Bruce Davids too, because I mean, he, this is probably when his draft is capital is the highest. And also, mm-hmm. we have Quinn Hughes and we have Philip Peronic, who are offensive-minded defensemen. Yeah. And so Bruce Davids isn't really going to fit if we have Quinn Hughes on the team anyway. I, I honestly think Bruce Davids will be the piece to the puzzle that really kind of determines that outcome. The success. Yeah, because ah. I think Kuzmenko and Lindholm are fairly, they're fairly evenly compatible. The first round pick. I, I think the first round pick will be a, I think I actually think it is the first round pick that'll be the deciding factor on that. Because if you take Brusevich and Kuzmenko, uh, I I take that evenly for Lindholm. Yeah, I think. But then that first round pick is going to be the the difference maker. Fair enough. The the Canucks are definitely becoming a team to be respected, and with that, you know, the program of winning, you know, it, it's bigger than any one player. So when you have that. You know, there's some interchangeability with these players where it's like we don't have to like, yes, it's it's definitely concerning to see the number of unrestricted free agents and contracts we're going to have to deal with in the next couple of years. But I really think that, you know, Rutherford and this management team is they're prepared for this. And I think yes. that going all in on a Stanley Cup, you have to do that, especially a team like Vancouver. That's the longest running team in sports without a championship or something like or one of the longest in all of sports i think they're the longest in hockey for sure you know they've never won a championship they're the most successful franchise that hasn't won a championship right so at a certain point you have to go all in right on the winning yeah and i think they've done that and i respect it and i don't think it's gonna be as big of a problem as people are leading on but it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out you know rutherford and you know, Alvin are going to have to really earn their contracts yeah, in the next sure. couple of years, but for sure. Y- you know, what I do want to say to that is, is are these bottom six forwards, when you think about them when they came to Vancouver and how they're performing now, 
like, is that really the players we acquired or is that the system they're playing under? Like, I, I, I really feel like they could probably lose two or three of those guys and still bring guys in and still, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily I- think that like, it's just about the players they brought. And I think it has a lot to do with the system they're playing. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I agree. I agree with that. Finding the right players to fit into that system that's allowing them to be so successful, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I, I agree with that. And it's, you know, but they did bring in the right puzzle pieces. And they're, they, they're being oh, very oh, smart oh, with Car- their acquisitions. Carl, the puzzle guy over here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Speak and talk at language. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I noticed the Canucks, they're, they're smelling something, right, on the bench. Is that smelling salts? Have you guys seen that? No, I have Patrick know. Demko, before every game, he pulls, he goes, does oh. a little sniff of the thing. And, uh, and I see a couple of the players on the bench doing the smelling salts. I was over at my buddy James's the other day, and he has a bag of the smelling salts that was featured on Joe Rogan podcast. And like that stuff's intense, it's intense. dude. It's intense. I couldn't do that right before playing hockey. Oh, we had a guy who I've never had it before, but at one of my games, we had a guy who had a had a, a container of them and, and he just went around and nobody was like, I wasn't paying attention. He just went right under my nose and he just went around to all the guys. And I was like, Whoa! the minute I yeah. took it in, I was like, yeah. Whoa. Oh, it like went right through to the back of my head, man. I was like, Whoa, oh. never doing that again. But it's yeah. Intense. Yeah. It's <laughs> Shout out to Brock Besser for reaching his 30th goal. First time in his career and more to come. Right. We still got plenty of season left. That's going to be a beauty. I hope he gets to 50 goals. That'd be really cool. Thank you. Captain Quinn, top of the NHL D-man with 66 points and on the top 10 list for the, for all players too. So. Chorus trophy. Chorus trophy. <laughs> Sorry. I could struggle with something in my throat it, here. Man. Yeah. MVP. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, Norris trophy. I mean, you have to give it to him at some point, right? There's only so. Anyways. I, I He'll get it a couple times in his career, right? We've talked about that. The notable mentions, you know, Miller and Petey playing well. Besser was on Spit and Chicklets the other day. He was talking about what an important component Miller is to his success this season. Oh, I'm to hear that Chicklets episode. Yeah. There's a clip up on the social webs. So. Oh, okay. I haven't, I haven't watched that. it. And for anyone that wants to check out the Bush League on the social webs, we got at underscore Bush League on Instagram and Bush League Radio on Facebook and YouTube. So, Are you talking about awesome. longest tenured Canuck, Brock Besser? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what, is, what's that yeah. stat? Longest tenured Canuck on the roster that's currently playing. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. That's mind-blowing. That's a- well, look at yeah. that little nugget you just slid in there. Uh, Brock yeah. Besser is my even, favorite, man. I got to... E- even further than Demko? Or I well, guess... No, Demko was NCAA, right? Before. I think Besser because Demko started... got called up and called it more down more, right? I was going to say he was in the age. Yeah, so maybe it's just Besser played more consistently. Okay. That's, I heard them on tell asked him that on one of their... Oh, interviews, that's so. interesting. Speaking of Demko, I definitely have to do a notable mention for the double Ds, both looking really strong on the stats sheet and the league stats. Demko and DeSmith, the double Ds, as yeah. we call them here on the show. And uh, yeah, everything's looking good. Kenny, what's what's happening in the on the move segment? Ups yeah, and downs. Well, hey, listen, Zadorov got suspended. Yeah. <laughs> got suspended for being too big. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> for yeah. being too, too good at big. hockey. Yeah, yeah. right? No, but, I, <laughs> uh, I mean, Jet Wu got a call up. He didn't get any game action, but it was nice to see him uh, get yeah. called up to the big club. I think that's that's awesome. Yeah, I think they're just... Really well. There again, that's them trying... And he has been playing much better, right? He's developed well. But yeah, I I love to see that. I 
I don't know. I think the Canucks are positioned well. You know, knock on wood, no injuries. But if they did, I think they're they're they've got good coverage. They got good depth for that. Yeah, for sure, man. Lots of trade rumors. I don't even want to contribute to the problem here and like chime in on any of them. If there's anything you guys want to chime in on, go ahead. But there's just so many flowing around. I, I don't even want to chime in on it. I, I think honestly, let's look at what is like what is legitly likely to happen instead of all these other kind of rumors. I, I know they are they are looking at more defensive depth. Uh, they yeah. feel that's important yeah. to the playoffs. And I know there's guys like like Tanev and Labushkin and Carrier that they're they're looking at. And, and and all three of those guys have the same thing in common. They're they're tough. They they're good at shot blocking. They're hard to play against. But I mean at this point, I'm I, I'm super happy with the D, and I don't really think they should make any drastic moves to go get anything big. Hear that, everybody? You just heard it here first. Kenny loves the D. I do like the D. Hey, maybe this is the triple D. <laughs> I got that recorded. <laughs> Add the defenseman into the Demko and uh, DeSmith equation, and we'll we'll get the triple Ds going. <laughs> the triple Ds. But anyways, yeah, there's that. I mean. There are talks, obviously, about Mikheyev, and I don't know if that's something that would be viable or not viable, but I do think, like, with the talks of signing Phil Kessel, who who is, well, in Abbotsford, practicing with the team, but you know what I mean? Like, I think that's something that is really, really important for them, right? So, I mean, one of the things that I think with Kessel is, I mean, Mikheyev obviously can play on the bottom six, he can play on the top six. Yeah. I don't know why he's been on the power play all this time. I think the last time he scored a goal was like in November. I, I like, I don't know what even Nils Hoglander's not even getting on the power play. And he's got, I think in the NHL, the most five on five goals in the NHL right now Yeah, at 17. So like he has only five on five goals, even strength, cool. nothing else. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. And he's not even on the power play, yeah. but Phil Kessel, we all know he's never been known for his fitness, but he's no. a smart player. He's got a good shot. Well, you don't he's need a guy to, to plug in on your power play. You don't need him to play 25 minutes, you know? Like, no, you don't. You don't, you don't need 100%. him to play that much time. But he has apparently looked pretty sluggish in the practices in Abbotsford. But it's Phil the Thrill, man. He's yeah. going to, his skill is just out of this world. His, you know, his shot, his playmaking, his hockey knowledge, you know, even just having him his on the presence. bench, his yeah. presence. Yeah. That's right. His experience going through it, right? He's a three time Stanley Cup winner for a reason. For right? a reason. So. So I'm throwing this out there, you know, he's, they're talking that he might do a conditioning stint in Abbotsford. If he does, or if he ends up just watching some games, possibly this weekend, I'm hopefully going to be at the game tomorrow night, Phil, if you're listening, which you probably aren't, because uh, <laughs> you're beyond us. But if you are listening, Lully's Chili Cheese Dogs, man, they are the bomb at the arena. You'll never have anything like it. And the first one's on me, brother. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, Phil, the thrill. You hear that? I'm buying you a Lolly's dog, chili cheese dog. How good are those chili cheese Dude, dogs? They're so good. Oh, so good. I'm, I, you know, Aaron always get Aaron, our producer, gets mad at me for plugging Lolly's, but man, come on, so much better than steamers at the, <laughs> the Vancouver games. And now those chili cheese dogs, I finally figured out how to eat them. You have to eat some of the chili first, and then eat the dog. Yeah, like it's yeah, fully yeah. intended. Actually, you, you did, do it you all did well with that last. Yeah, time, I buddy. killed it last you time. Did, I got man. down to an iPhone. I'm gonna have one again. I'm hungry right now. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta try one next time I go. Oh, buddy, oh, you gotta. They're so good. You all gotta. Right. All right, yeah. legit. You gotta. All right, Abbotsford. Yeah, let's go. Okay, let's go. Let's talk Abbotsford. So, you know, not the greatest start to 2024 for a team that looks really good on paper. 
you know, a few games below 500 so far, 23, 16, three and two on the season, which isn't a bad record. Mm-hmm. They're somewhere in the middle of the division. I think they're in fifth right now. But they're falling, I think, they're nine points back of first in the division, and we've talked about the importance of that first place in the division, and yeah. it's always something you want to covet and try and get to. But, I don't know, it's looking less and less likely like that's in the cards for us this season. They got two straight losses to Colorado. Colorado's been looking good, though. The Eagles have been looking good, so that's not awful. I mean, the Pacific Division is really tough this year. We've talked about that at length yeah. in the past. But they're still in the playoff picture, and that's all you got to do is get into the playoffs. But home ice advantage is also very important in the playoffs. We've talked about our first year playing in Bakersfield. We lost yep. because of the bad ice conditions and the California ice, so we don't want to put ourselves through that if we don't have to. And the next year we didn't, and look, we got through the yeah, first round. Yeah. So the importance of that in the first round is it can't be overstated. The we got two home games here against Calgary tomorrow at seven and the family day game always at two PM. Games. Yeah, the family day game is always a lot of fun, always a lot of fun activities going on. Finn's always in the building. You know, the kids love Finn. Yeah, and, and it's and uh, it's against Calgary, so Yeah. It's gonna be great. But what do you guys attribute the slow start to 2024 to? What is the reason for this? What can we kind of touch on and what can be improved upon? Oh man, you know what? I mean, they obviously they do have a few injuries, but I don't really think that's the case. Um, I, I really feel. I mean, me and you, me and you, Carl, were talking about this the last few games that that we went to, and their ability to generate pressure is just not. It's yeah. just not there. Like gaining I remember the zone. last season, not gaining the zone. They're not like the power play looks awful. First of all, when it comes to gaining yeah. the zone and cycling and and generating chances, but just just that it's the last place power play in the AHL. Is in it really higher? God, well, I can oh. see, I can believe it. Yeah, power play is fourteen point five percent. That's yeah. atrocious. That with is. a team with that level of skill offensively, and they're just getting beat on the boards. Yeah, like a lot of it is that zone entry and generating that pressure in the zone. Like they just they can't hold it very long. They don't get in. They're not playing. They're lacking a point shot on a lot of occasions. Like you, you talk to their top top point guys are like Will Lannan and Jet Wu. Not really known as massive cannon shot no. actually well Landon doesn't have a terrible shot but jet Wu is you know he's just fluttering it in there most of the time but well Wellanen's um, composure though is really good and, and you know what that's something sorry i was talking about about injuries but yeah his, his injury obviously is is pretty impactful. detrimental to the team yeah. yeah sorry that was the one guy that probably because you you need to be able to pull you need to draw the he's off- at a different level than the rest of the d on that team for sure right well, you have to draw the offense out of the down low to yep. create opportunities for your offensive players so they can win those battles down low yep. on the boards yep. and maintain possession on the power play and gain the zone. Like th- these are, you need good defense to do this sort of stuff. And yeah. our defense is just, you know, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to keep the puck out of the net, not trying to put the puck in the net. And, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with the slow start the goaltending may have had. They had to adjust the formula a little bit. But, you know, it hasn't been terrible since, you know, like Artur Silovs yeah. and like Tolapilo, he's a backup goalie. He's an AHL backup. He's playing like an AHL backup. Yeah. I don't love that they're splitting the duties as much as they have been. But they there was a stretch there to start the season now where they had Artur Silov play like five straight games, six straight games. That's the, I, I would almost want to look that up myself and, and report on a later episode. I think that might be the first time the Abbotsford Canucks have gone five or six games 
straight with the same goalie. Mm, they yeah. usually swap they out. Yeah, you're right. On split series. So, you know, that, that's uh, you know, that could be impacting the style of play and create, trying to create more consistency there. But on that note, first start for goalies, Mikey DiPietro. Michael DiPietro is surfacing there. Former Abbey Canucks goalie. There was a lot of expectations around him, and he's starting to live up to his reputation or his promise. He's a former Team Canada World Junior goalie. Not always held in high regard on that, simply because you know we had a you know, eliminate quarterfinal elimination to the Finns that year off of a weak goal under his arm. Yeah, but you know he. I watched him play leading up to that World Juniors in a WHL All Star kind of showdown with the Team Russia and. The, the dude was lights out. So I was really like stoked to watch him play that opening season here in Abbotsford. And he looked great, but they, they mismanaged him with yeah. everything going on with the the Spencer Martin and, and the, you know, everything like that. It just was like, it was really mismanaged. And so as a result, like they started with that mentality of the split goalie right off the hop. Yeah. And I think that threw Mikey J. Pietro off. And, and I'm glad to see him playing great. He's in the top five in a lot of the categories in the AHL rankings now. And, you know, he's off to a good start. But we, we, let's unpack that trade. Yep. We unpacked, we traded him, you know, to Providence for Studnika. Yep. And then obviously Studnika went to San Jose for Nick Seasick. Yep. Right. Yeah. So, like, is this trade making you seasick or what? Because <laughs> well, seasick is. No, I mean, he's he's honestly he's just an AHL defenseman, right? Yeah. Like maybe, yeah. He, he got uh, into a fight when I went. But, he know. did. He did. And then he. Uh, I, he's he, just turtles, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's really... My, I have a Turkish buddy, and his name is Turkish, and apparently it translates to flower. What's okay? Nick Chichik. Chichik. Yeah. It translates so, to flower. So, so you know he's what? The flower, so he's man. a flower turtle. He's a flower turtle. <laughs> and he plays like the it. Flower. I'm gonna start calling him the flower the turtle. Flower. The flower turtle. Uh. Yeah. You, you know what though? When you unpack that trade, like DiPietro was, I, I'm pretty sure he wanted out. Did he not ask yeah, for a trade? He, yeah. So yeah, I he mean, he almost out. had to make that trade. And Studnika's a former first round pick. He's and that trade was that made trade was, under the new management, but. Jim Benning was the one that mis was the part of the regime that mismanaged Mikey DePietro, in my yeah. opinion. And you know that was pre Colleton, right? That was Trent Call. Trent Call, yeah. who was the coach of the Pacific AHL team this year at the All Star game. I didn't know he was on the Bruins. That wow. yeah, but anyways, he's with uh, DePietro. Yeah, yeah, and so that that's the thing. I I don't know. I I. I like you say, you had to kind of get what you could for him. Yeah. But I, I'm glad to see Mikey DiPietro doing well. I agree. Because I, you know, he had a lot of promise and, you know, it'd be cool to see him get to where he wanted to go to. He yeah. works hard and I, I don't know. I, he was a bit of a prima donna here in Abbotsford with the whole thing. And, you know, he was had hurt feelings and showed it. And I don't know. I think he could have sucked it up a little bit, buttercup, you know, but at the same time, you know, they didn't treat him well. Yep. And so I, I can't blame him for wanting out, and I'm glad to see him doing well. Yeah. But I can't help but think, you know, with what's going on right now, we're in a much better position with him and Net than we are with Seelofs. And I hate to say that because I loved Art of Seelofs last year, but he's really cooled off this year. We're not seeing the same guy we did last year. Yeah. That being said, in 2024 so far, not for the season, but just for the year, the calendar year, you know, he's starting to creep into that top 15 for stats in the league. And, you know, but... But you're not going to go on a Calder Cup run unless you have a top five 
goalie in the AHL, right? Yeah, no, that's that's true. And, and listen, our defense is a lot different than it was too last year, right? I mean, when you had guys like Wolana and Yulson, Jack Rathbone, I mean, those guys could all move the puck. Yulson yeah. was a physical presence, right? I mean, we just talked he about He hammers him. guys. He sure does, man. I The one thing, you know what? I'm kind of going back a bit to what's happening with Vancouver, but honestly, they are just not as aggressive and physical as they, they were last year. I think yeah. that piece is missing hugely. Yeah. I was excited to see if Lowen would step into that role, but. I mean, just, I saw he got in a fight the other night, but, but not that, not I as saw, impactful as I thought he would be. I saw him play the first couple games he was here and I was like, oh, dude's got skill. And I even saw him up in the foyer there at the, at the arena. And I went up to him and said, but I'm looking forward to seeing you play more. Yeah. And, you know, he thanked me and I, I, I was, I was looking forward to seeing him, but it's been a bit of a letdown. Yeah. I, I hate to say that because he was like a nice kid, but I was expecting more. And he looks like he has good hands and good skill, good size, good speed. Yeah. Like, it's, I don't know. Listen, this, it could be a, obviously a compliment for Dinla Klimovich, but I wasn't expecting him to be the most physical guy on the team. <laughs> and I honestly feel like he's been the most yeah. physical guy on the team in the last, like probably six, seven games. Like we were the one game we were at, he must've had like six hits. You got to remember he was like 17 when he came over here. 18, yeah. Right. So yeah, he's still pretty young. He's like 21 still or something. So he's, I'm I'm excited he's, about Danilo Cleveland. Cause re- remember when we watched him. him last year, we're like, how come he doesn't hit it? Like he, you know, he, he he's like coming in on the boards to go after someone. And he just, stick his stick out or let the guy get by him. Right. And you're just like, ah, oh, just finish, just finish the check, you know? Yeah. So this year he's doing it, which is, which is great to see. Yeah. Well, there hasn't been really that one standout star scorer on the team this year. I don't think. And I think that's hurting. It's like Bainsey's standing out performance wise. He's for those that don't know, no MVP at the all-star yeah, game baby. for the AHL. That's awesome. And you know, good for him. And now you know, we're hearing reports from, you know, Patrick Galvin saying that Bainsey could be a potential call up, you know, and that's exciting, mm-hmm. but he's not, a, he's, he's a two way forward playmaker at best. Maybe if he develops, but he's not really that kind of guy. He's just kind of a, fourth line shutdown guy. So let me ask let me ask you this. Would he be a fit beside Miller and Besser? No, With I his don't. assist playmaking ability. I don't think he has the playmaking ability to do 30 assists, 9 goals in the AHL. Yeah. You don't think so? <laughs> I haven't seen him in the NHL yet. Yeah. I don't think he has a skill set to keep up with those guys. Yeah, maybe. Plus Miller's the setup I don't know, guy. PDG was up Miller, there. Miller like people keep thinking Miller's this a goal scorer, like he is, he's got the mm. skill to do it, but he's a utility guy. Yeah. And he'll he'll play the role that he needs to. And Brock Besser hit the nail on the head that you know, his 30 goals so far this season would be probably 20 if it wasn't for Miller, right? So uh, so what do you say? So, so you think, yeah, okay. Well, listen, I was just looking at all the assists he had and I thought, you know what? Brock Besser liked to put that puck in the net and uh, they, you know, they normally had PDG on that one wing. So I thought maybe with his ability... I but I mean, Podsy's probably a good fit there too. I think Podsy's a better fit. That would be a yeah. A Pod, fit. I think Podsy could be an NHL star. Like he looked great two, three years ago too, right? So you know, they're just being patient. They know what he's going to be. Yeah, he'll be a top six forward for the Vancouver Canucks, and they, I would rather see him and Bainsey in that role. Like personally, yeah. but, but I don't Fair know. Enough. Like, but Bainsey surprised me every time he's been given a chance. Yeah, every time he's been given a chance to take a different role, an enhanced role, he's surprised me and done it. So I'm kind of 
got to stop doubting him at this point. Like, yeah. The guy's unstoppable. He's an unstoppable force. He's going to accomplish whatever he sets his mind to. So, you know, but a bunch of others in the mix there for mentions. You know, you got like on the goal scoring category, you got Dries, Pug Colson, Ratu, Carlson. Yeah, we could you know. use Dries back, eh? That yeah. That would be a big help. He's been struggling with something there this year. but And then, you know, Nielsen, always, you know, great when he's there. And the Max Sassinator is consistent. So, you know, even John Stevens is in the mix with 10 goals this season, right? So, but we need, you know, to make a run in the AHL, you need those guys that are able to just take the puck in the the defensive zone, go all the way into the offensive zone, and get a chance on net. Because if when you do that, the guys have to start playing harder up the middle, which frees up the boards. You can start dumping and chasing, gaining the puck on the boards. You gain possession. You gain the zone. Right. That's where we're not getting it. We're just not. We're not doing any one thing really well. Yes. And so the teams are able to just crunch down defensively, spread out, and keep the puck from gaining the zone. Right. Keep us from gaining the zone. And that's what's happening. So, yeah. I don't know. I will the you know who who will step up? Who will step up? Either they, somebody will, or will you know fade away in the first or second round this year in the Calder Cup, unfortunately. But hopefully somebody steps up and we see something happen. We got a Swedish spring coming, right? So you know, help coming in March, April with ENP Elias Niels Pedersen because <laughs> I'm ENP. I'm dynamite. Nice. Right? That's my new thing for him. So. I was calling him EPD before. <laughs> Elias Pedersen defense, right? Well, listen, we've got a we've got a Nils Hoglander, an Elias Pedersen, another Elias Pedersen, an Elias Lindholm, and hey, I heard there's a, there's a guy in the Swedish league named Nils Pedersen. So hey, maybe <laughs> maybe he's on the radar for the Canucks. A lot of originality in the Swedish naming. <laughs> hey, my name's Swedish, hey. So. You know what they they. Uh... With Elias Lindholm, I don't know if you noticed, but they uh, they came up with a new a new line, the the all Swedish line. They called it on yeah. the game the other day. Yeah, it looked good. Yeah, looked good last night. Let's, let's just add another line in there. Why not? Speaking of the Swedish, Hoglander got PP two time on the game last night. Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah, they awesome. cut. I don't. I think they cut. I think he took Joshua's spot. Mm-hmm. If nice. he's on the power play, yeah, and good. He looked good. Yeah, well, and back to Abbotsford, we are talking about Abbotsford. That's true. I just wanted to mention that. That's a good mention. That's a good mention. I appreciate it. Leek Ramaki is also going to come to us hopefully in the spring. So, you know, those two could play a big, big thing because EMP is a good offensive defenseman from what we've seen. Like, he's he's solid. He's solid. I think he's put up two or three goals this year in in his (laughs) Swedish league. It's not the top Swedish league, but, you Mm -hmm. know, I don't know. He could create some that defensive, offensive talent that we need. Leaker Amaki is just huge talent, in my opinion, and game changer when he comes to Abbotsford in March, April. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're going to add those two guys to the mix, and it's going to... Oh, I'm excited to see that, honestly. Like, I just... The thought of Lakaramaki coming to Abbotsford is just so cool. So I, I hope that happens. And and EP, well, yeah, EP forty two, whatever you want to call EPD, it. EPD, EMP, <laughs> I'm EMP, I'm dynamite. But yeah, he. Uh, I'll win the fight. <laughs> uh, Dina, I'm a power load. Yeah, it'll be good, man. It'll be good. Yeah. Well, speaking of, watch me explode. The Morgan Riley hit. Cool, right? man. <laughs> the senators, you know, you know, I don't know, man. I, I don't know what's going on in Ottawa. I don't, not a fan of their culture there. Yeah, this hot 
hot shots hockey kind of stuff, man. I mean, they're trying to create a culture there. You can't blame them. They haven't had much to go off of for a while. Yeah. And they're trying to create a hot shots culture, right? And it's great for the fans and everything. But that really culminated some behavior that's been happening all season for the Senators. There's a reason they've been involved in all these big bench brawls with Florida and stuff like that. Yeah. People are just sick of the Ottawa Senators. The players are sick of the Ottawa Senators. The me, you know, the rest of us don't even care. We're like Ottawa who, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. They're, they're the other Canadian team that nobody ever talks about, but like <clears throat> the, the players are just sick of their antics and their behavior. And, and I think that there was a lot that built up to that. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen a slap shot goal on an empty net before. Like I, like I, and honestly, it's you don't do you that. You don't know. And, and honestly, somebody will tear your head off yeah. if you do. And that's what happened. And then the league rewarded his behavior. I don't that, not advocating violence, but I'm saying there has, this is a game that has been self-regulated since the beginning. Yeah. It's got a big history of that. And if you keep trying to silence that, you're going to have a lot of showboating and it's going to get out of control. The whole league's, the whole season's going to look like the all-star game. Yeah, and I don't. And I don't believe it. Honestly, I don't have any issue with what Riley did. Like, I think, like exactly to your point, like the players have policed the game for a long time, and they've they've made it known what's right and what's wrong. And if somebody does something, then you know, to an extent where nobody's like, he didn't get hurt. But at the no. end of the day, it's like you can't just stand there and let them do it and just think that the league is going to do something. Like, I guarantee you, if Riley did nothing, he would have got a slap shot goal and. There would have been nothing, nothing no, at all. Yeah, and they would have been, been talking about it by and, the league. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's just one of those things that I, I really, honestly, it gave me a bit of an old school feeling to it because I was like, it's good to see players, you know, generally stepping up <laughs> in moments like that to police the game and just say like, hey, you know, like that's that kind of behavior is not acceptable. You I know? just thought it was funny. The yeah. only thing, only thing good that came out of that was it did give John, uh, sorry, uh, Don Cherry a, a platform to come out of out of <laughs> retirement and be like, no, there's nothing wrong with that. I was yeah. like, okay, good, we're hearing from oh, Cherry man. again. I, you know, I, 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 w- I would love to hear more from Grapes again. Uh, you know, like he just takes an old school take. Uh, you know, regardless of what you think of the words he said, and he did say them, but you know, he's uh, he's just a hockey guy, and we need to have that around. But I don't know. There's. Yeah. The, the the game has softened, and in a lot of ways, that's a good thing, but in a lot of ways, it's a bad thing, and you have to admit that. Yeah, I agree. And people like fighting. Like, my girlfriend the other day was like, I am only watching hockey because I like to see them fight each other. And I was like, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was funny. I do. I do generally like though that that the fighting is is organic. You yeah. know, like it's out of the it's out of the emotion of the game. The stage fighting stuff I wasn't a huge fan of, but yeah. I think like the the general emotion, like it's a it's a physical game. It's an emotional yeah. game, and I don't have a problem if someone drops out. I actually enjoy that. It's yeah. nice to to see that every once in a while. I mean, you don't want anyone to get hurt, but if you're just gonna like fist fight, like speaking yeah. of emotion, what about the belly bump? <laughs> the belly bump. Uh, the, the belly what? bump. The Chiefs belly bump on. Oh, I didn't see it. Yeah, I only saw. Should, should we get Travis Carl? Kelsey. Should we get Carl to describe the belly bump over the air, or should we just? Uh, no, there's <laughs> enough controversy going on about it, anyways. I don't think Travis Kelsey had any ill intent 
involved with you know bumping his coach there. I I, I think him and Andy Reid have a good have a good relationship, and I think you know they there's no ill will from Andy Reid on that, and I think people are making a mountain out of a molehill with that. Uh, I think it's just heat of the moment. I mean, you don't get in your, people are like, oh, you don't get in your coach's face and yell. It's like, do you have any idea how loud that that stadium is? Yeah, if you're trying to get a message across, you have to yell at your coach, but. At the same time, it was out of line, and I'm sure they've handled that internally, but I just don't – people are talking about like it's a red flag for Taylor Swift. Should we be worried about Taylor Swift? It's like I assure you Taylor Swift is a strong person. Oh, if she yeah, felt yeah. like there was any red flags there, she would have dealt with it, right? So come T- on. PSN, the Taylor Swift Network? <laughs> the Taylor Swift. <laughs> hey, she's brilliant, man. For no, whatever she's good. You, I like her. Whatever anybody thinks of Taylor Swift, she is an absolute genius in terms of – self-branding and marketing yeah, yeah. right like she's got the the heart of the people man and look at how many fathers and sons like gary vaynerchuk did a little piece the other day on that he was talking about how how many fathers and daughters have been brought together it's so by wonderful. this and it's amazing it's beautiful anything that brings us together has to be celebrated yes. these days in mm-hmm. such dividing times we're in the middle of a civil war here in north america and anything that brings us together like that come on that's special it's beautiful stop trying to make it something in bad like they're just trying to throw dirt on something that's clean and beautiful and i don't like it but i you know what hey i'm a chiefs fan so (laughs) (laughs) it's one of those things it's been it's been a roller coaster ride this year i might be singing a different tune if we didn't just win the super bowl i'd probably be blaming taylor swift but you know (laughs) what right now i'm embracing it all so yeah i'm a ravens fan it didn't go so good for me but you know yeah well the Ravens had a good season, though, you know? Like, they, they turned a lot of heads this year, and I think they're going to have a good yeah. team next year. Great, yeah. great wide receiver and Zay Flowers, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, Corey Perry uh, went to the Oilers. This anything-to-win culture in Edmonton is just, <laughs> ugh, like, I don't know, man. It's just, when I hear the signing, it was like, ugh. Yeah. Like, granted, yeah. we don't know the circumstances around the Corey Perry thing and never really came to light, so it's hard to judge a team based on that but you know still i'm just gonna say shout out to the las vegas golden knights for ending their their 16 game winning streak last week (laughs) i'm just yeah hey you know what one point on that is they had a 16 game winning streak they only gained four points on the canucks isn't that insane that just shows you the hawk and the consistency during a period where the canucks had a really tough schedule too yeah 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 it's that's pretty cool how are we doing for time uh we have one minute left one minute left so One more thing. Okay, Patrick Waugh hired as the Islanders coach. You know, and Bo Horvat's been looking better. He's been looking good. He's got 21 goals, 26 assists, 47 points in 52 games this season. Good for him. Yeah, he's doing good. And before we sign off, I got to mention, so Taryn, Sam's counterpart, he mentioned that there's a can of, what's the name of that bar? Do you have that open on your phone? Or, uh, there's a bar in the UK, because uh, Taryn's studying over in the UK right now, and there's this Canadian bar. It's a Canadian bar, and they don't serve proper Caesars. They don't put the hockey games on, because, quote, unquote, nobody will watch it in a Canadian bar. So we're going to throw this up on our social media, man. It's like, I am calling this bar out. It's it's called the Maple Leaf. It's called the Maple Leaf, and they won't <laughs> play hockey games. I'm sorry. The Maple Leaf in the UK... Get your act together, if you, or you, or take the name Canada off of your off of your. Don't claim to be a Canadian bar and not embrace the Canadian culture. I'm sorry. We gotta find out if they have poutine. They better have poutine. Yeah, 
If they I don't thought, have poutine, that's the last straw. I'm flying over there and I'm, <laughs> I'm tearing that sign down myself. Yeah. But man. They'll just start show, throwing tea and scrumpets at me. Uh, <laughs> well, listen, you know Taryn's going to keep going and asking anyways. Yeah, He'll exactly. get one. Well, on that note, I think we're going to sign off for my co-host, my illustrious co-host, Kenny Greencorn, yeah. Sam Isaac working the board. This has been another fine feathered episode of Bush League. Short 50-minute go out here, and we'll be throwing some stuff up on the social webs at underscore Bush League and at Bush League Radio. You are listening to 101.7 FM in Abbotsford, serving the Fraser Valley. Up next, we have Chill Rose Place. Stick around for that. Great show and great, yeah. you know, great everything. Love this station. I've started listening to it now that I live in mission and the programming is really good on civil man it's a good station there you go man all right peace out out of there everybody yeah. enjoy your family Happy day family long day, weekend everyone